Is it still setting in? Has it settled in yet? That we won? That you won, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's settled in. I was like yesterday morning, you know, rolling around, unpacking all my stuff. I was on cloud nine. We've been that way for since uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. You you have the metal around your neck right now. Is it is it something that you just you look at all the time, right? Yeah, it's sitting on my uh, island usually. That's yeah, so why when I'm rolling around, I see it all the time. Uh-huh. What do you what are you gonna do with it? Uh, I'll probably have a shot uh, shadow box made with my jersey and then hang it on the wall. Uh-huh. Now this is a goal that you've been chasing for a while. I know we did a story with you back in 2019, and you guys ended up. Um, not winning in that those championships to qualify this year you guys went from not qualifying to winning gold talk to me about that yeah well it's uh this this championship it was postponed three times because of how things were going um so we've been training hard for 14 15 months online meetings last spring everything was shut down so it was more mental training, online strategy meetings. And then we found out in, I think it was end of June, beginning of July, that Pittsburgh Curling Club had ice. So everybody hopped in their car on a plane and we went there and trained for four days. And that was the start of uh, of an intense training program. Whenever we could get find a place with ice to train on, that's where we headed. You were just trying to find ice anywhere, not just in the area, but in the country. Correct. Yep. At the oh. time, it was we were hard up to get training ice because mm-hmm. as much as we like strategy training with uh, online meetings and stuff, it's not the same thing. <laughs> no, I understand that. Um, how long were you in Pittsburgh? I probably, I think it was three days. We trained for three days. Maybe it was four. I forget. Mm-hmm. Did you hop around any other cities? Uh, then it was a Chaska, Minnesota. They had they opened up, and uh, we primarily went there for four or five times. And then Stevens Point had ice. That's where we trained most of the winter. Then, what motivates you to? I mean, to drive to Pittsburgh to train, and then to go to Chaska. I mean, what what motivates you? Well, in order to get. So the 22 Paralympics, we needed to get out of this qualifier. And after uh, not even being close the first time around in the beach, we knew we had a lot of work to do. So <clears throat> we took advantage of going where we needed to go, do our training. And our primary goal was to qualify for the worlds in Beijing so we could get qualification points for the Paralympics. And uh, once we made our goal of qualifying for the playoffs, and then we had to be the top three teams out of the four, um, then the rest of our goals actually fell into place, just all the intense training we did the last 16 months. Mm-hmm. So you said you were close that a uh, couple years ago. We were not close, no. We, we went over, um, never being in the Bs before. Um, our expectations weren't weren't met by any means. So we knew we had work to do in order to get out of it. The B competition isn't very easy to get out of since there'd be 14 teams some years and you had to be the top three. So it's a, it's a hard process. 
So explain to me, because I'm I'm not aware of how the qualifying, all the rounds and the different tournaments work. So explain to me what it takes to qualify for Beijing. For Beijing, you have to, you, every year there's a, a world championships and the, and every team that goes gets points. So the top 12 or 10 or 12 teams with the most points in the, in the, in the world uh, qualify for the Paralympics. So it's, you, every year is qualifying points. And if you're not in the, regular world you don't get points if you're in a b championship you don't get any points that's why you want to be out of that and into the regular world championships what is what is the b championships is it just a, something you can sign up do you have to qualify for that too uh, any team can sign up that's not in the regular world it's a it's, a, it's just a qualifier to get to the to the um stand in the regular world so it's it's usually held, well, the last four or the five years has been held in Lower Finland. It's a great facility, um, but it's a lot of pressure to get through it. And uh, you could win you can win all your games in the round robin and get to the semifinals. And, and if you lose your last two games, you don't qualify. So it's, it's, it's really, it's stressful at times. Of course. So you don't even get close a couple of years ago. What were you guys working on over these 15, 16 months? Um, I know some of that was virtual, but what were you guys working on to try to improve yourselves and to put yourselves in position to where you are today? Well, it's the strategy. We worked hard on strategy. So when we're out on the ice, it's like you, you call the shot, the best make the outcome of the, of the end. Um, team dynamics, we really gelled as a team over these last this last year. Uh, like any team, you have your quirks, but you know, and then you learn to deal with it. But last five, six training camps, we've been primarily playing able-bodied teams just for training instead of doing just going, practicing, drawing, you know, doing skill shots and stuff like that. So we had like, I think coach said 18 training games before we went, and those were pivotal. Those helped us um, call the correct shot, what, the, what we needed to do. So it was very helpful this last year in a way in a way covid um kind of postponed the season and actually helped us train longer if, really? that, if you want to look at it as a positive but not much of one <laughs> is, is the team pretty similar to what it was same guys it is no well yes yes and no we have one new uh, lady on a team oyuna um because uh, our lead from the previous b worlds retired so other than it was me, Steve, Dave, and Pam that on, were on the, that team that year. And then uh, Megan retired from curling. Okay. Talk to me about what Finland was like. Um, what, what was his, it was two weeks, right? Two weeks. Yeah. We went over there. We had a quarantine for three days. We um, stayed in our rooms and they brought us meals to the door, you know, simple sack lunches, if you will. Um, we got two hours a day of yard time to go outside. <laughs> and then the rest of the, those three days, we did, we do a, like a zoom meeting or two. It went pretty quick to quarantine. I thought it would be worse going over. I'm like, I don't know if I can handle staying in a little dorm room for three days, but it, it was actually not too bad. Um, and then when we get down to it, it's like your eat, sleep, curl. When the tournament started, it was. You get up, you go breakfast, you go curl, you go back to the lunchroom, maybe take a little break, depending on your game schedule, if you have an afternoon game or an evening game. 
And then you go back, yeah, you go back to curling. Go back to how many, tournament. How many games were played over that span? Uh, there was 10 teams, so nine round-robin games, and then a two semi, you know, two final games. Were you were you confident heading into it? I was I was pretty very confident. We uh, we trained hard. We knew it wouldn't be a walkthrough, so we every game it was we took one rock at a time, one end at a time, and uh, some games we struggled a little bit. Not everybody was clicking, but the teammates that weren't playing very well, the other other ones picked it up, and now it was a it was a team effort all around to get the gold. How did those round robin games go? Did you lose any? We lost. We did. We lost to Italy, and then we, and then the next, or we lost to Switzerland first in an evening game, and the next morning we lost to Italy. And those, those top four teams right there, and then we faced Italy in the first semifinal, and then we came, we beat them, and then Switzerland in the final. So <laughs> it's easier to, it's easier to beat a team after you lost it them the first time than win win against them twice. So. But they were close games, every one of them. It's not like nobody walked away from each other. Of course, of course. When was the moment during this thing that you're like, you know, we might be one of the best teams here? When we played, we played Germany as a good team. We played them very well. And actually, uh, let me backtrack. The moment is we were playing Czech Republic and we spotted them five points in the first two ends. <clears throat> and so, and then it, when you give up five points and you only got six ends to play, it's hard to, it's hard to battle back. And then we battle, we battle, and then we end up winning that game by, I think, two, one, one or two. Anyway, that's, that's when we knew we were going to do this. We were going to get through this because if you can go down by five right away and then battle back and win a game, you, you got something special there. Would you say this team has some resiliency? Very much so, Yeah. We like, it seems that we, we played a little better from behind, you know, you, you buckle down and for, I, I don't know the reason for that, but yeah, we were very resilient. Do you, do you personally like playing from behind? Is that something that you live for? I would rather not. <laughs> I don't need that extra stress. I would rather get a lead and then hang on to it. But um, yeah, playing from behind is, is uh, good. You just, yeah. I don't know, just if you just in more intensity, more focus, one should have it throughout the whole game ahead or behind. But, you know, when you're battling, battling back, you just have to be a little more precise. Talk to me about those semifinal games. You said you beat, what was, what was the first? It was Italy first, Switzerland. And then Switzerland. Um, the Italy game, it was back and forth, back and forth. Um Everybody was making some crucial shots. Uh, then we tied it up in the eighth end. No, I'm sorry. We were up one in the eighth end with Hammer, and Italy got two rocks in the house on us, and I managed to get one out, and my, my stone didn't stay in the house, so that was tied, so we went to extra ends. Um, and then it was we played a pretty good textbook extra end, keeping it clean, not many rocks in play. And then we were sitting down there. Um, the Italy skip had one rock left, and we had one in the house, and he barely missed a takeout by inch at the most. And then it was like, 
wow, we just we just got into the gold medal game. Because yeah, it's, like it's top top three teams, right? Qualify for the world championship. So, so. A, right. So that you're in a gold medal. If you're in a gold medal game, the pressure is off for. I mean, you want to win the gold medal game, but the pressure is off for not making it to the to the regular worlds. Because if you're in a bronze medal game, you still you really got to win that one. And then the gold medal game, you want to win it, but it's not like life or death situation at that point. And then in the, when we were in a gold medal game, we blanked. It was blank two ends, you know, just kept playing. And then Switzerland got one on us, and they stole one, and then they stole another one. And finally, in the fifth end, we were able to take two. And it, it seemed a spark because we were kind of content at that point. But then we got two. So we were only down one. And so it sparked a, it just sparked a fire. Like, you know what? Let's win this thing. So, I mean, not like we weren't trying, but just a little extra. So we, the end, we stole the seventh end. So we tied it up and then we won in the eighth end. And, uh, it's the cherry on top. Right. And, and then when you're in curling, when you're tied in the eighth end without hammer, you want almost every rock you can guarding, guarding the, the buttons if you have a shot rock. And um, there was 11 stones in the house at the end of the end. And that's a lot of stone. Lots of stone if you know much about curling in the house. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, you, made, you made that shot. Was that in the seventh end or was that in the eighth end that I saw the video for? Uh, was it the tap back? Yes. That was a, that was a seventh end against, who was it against? Uh, was that Finland, in the... Against Finland, I believe. That was, that wasn't one of the quarterfinal games. That was a round robin game. Okay. Well, let's see. No, it was against Switzerland. It was, you were tied up at 3-3. It was in the seventh. Oh, that, okay. The guard, the guard. Yeah. yeah, that's yep. The seventh end guard that I mean, that was one of the toughest shots of the week right there. Just it's the simple guard, but I was actually struggling with them all week to make simple guards. And that one, that one pretty much locked that one down in the seventh end. Did it feel like in the championship game, the gold medal game, did it feel like things were kind of falling into place? Things were going your way? Um, after the fourth end, it did. Because it was pretty I mean, it was a close game the whole way. So we just needed to, we needed to get on the board first. You know, we blanked zero zero the first two ends, and then then they got a couple. We just wanted to get on the board so we can get going. And then they were being uh, stealing the one um, in the seventh was was okay. Now now we're, we're tied without hammer in the eighth, which. When you go to strategy wise, you want to be do you want to be up one? Do you want to be down one in the eighth? Then how do you want to play it out? And being tied without hammer is statistically better than being up one uh, with or down one with. So it, it was starting to play out. And then it's pretty much a lot of curling rules are out the window in the eighth end when you're tied. And it's whoever can get to the button first and then cover it up and keep it that way. Yeah, you're just trying to score more points essentially. Um, right. Yeah, because uh, I know curling is like a chess match, and it's just it's a long game. But when you get to the eighth, it's it, it's do or die. Are you a curler? Uh, not as much. No, no. Oh. I, I sometimes watch it. I'll admit, but um, I I'm not the expert at all. Oh. Well, if you play, 
<clears throat> at least you know a little bit. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I know for the most part what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh, yeah. So you had that moment of joy in the semis when you qualified for the world championships. What First, what was that moment like when you just found out you qualified? What was the reaction from the oh, team? When we just qualified for the playoffs, it was like, I swear to God, I lost like 100 pounds off my chest. It was like, no, I was like, oh, now we, we got the chance to get back to go meet one of our goals was to get to the, you know, on the road to the Paralympics. And I think it was like for everybody, you know, it was just a big burden lifted off our chest. We weren't done yet, but that was that was the first goal in, in, a, in the three that we had for the, for the bees. Mm-hmm. Which one, which moment was better? Was it that moment or was the gold medal moment better? Huh. I'm not gonna lie, I think qualifying for the playoffs was just a, a very little bit better because the gold was us icing on the cake, right? I mean, I I will take the gold any day, but a silver medal would have meant we were in, in at the world of the world working for the Paralympics too. So, so but the the qualification was was the piece of cake that we needed to do and and the gold medal was just the icing on it does it feel good to in yourself to the world that you know you're forced to be reckoned with it feels good it feels like like we we stubbed our toe when we got relegated to the bees and um we were, we're better than that the united states growing team is better than that so we just you know we just can't be expected to be in without putting the work in we put the work in and I think I think uh, USA wheelchair curling is a uh, is back to strong competitive competitor now. So I think I think we're gonna I know we're gonna be a team to be reckoned with. How much are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to a lot. We got a lot of training to do. I got I was trying to set up some training with my uh, teammate Steve Empty lives in Connecticut and he doesn't have any ice left out there, so we're trying to coordinate you know training times. So. All right. Anything else you want to add that I didn't touch on? No, I just want to thank everybody that's supporting us through the whole way. A lot of people are on our side and uh, it makes us proud and gives us a lot of, a lot of things to play for when you have how many people are behind us, cheering us on and supporting us, you know, being it um, monetary wise, a lot of it's verbal, a lot of it's just messages. My, I don't think I've had my phone blow up so much at one, any point of time time um since i've done anything than it did the last the last three or four days so it's it's a special thing it's a great feeling it feels like i'm playing for my team my country and everybody that that supports us yeah, you bring up ask about that your phone was blowing up what were some of the messages you were getting in was it from friends family just everybody that you knew essentially yep friends and families and unfortunately i i don't have the best uh, cellular carrier. So I had to go like Wi-Fi calling and Wi-Fi texting or whatever. Um, so a lot of messages that I didn't get at the time, as soon as I landed in Minneapolis on Friday afternoon, it was, it was like it was a musical uh, thing going off in my pocket when the phone got, got uh, service in the United States. So yeah, a lot of Facebooks and private messaging, friends, family. Yeah, congratulations you did it and you know things like that so it's a great feeling 